Cultivating Unity Through Community Service, an interview with Brian Watt. Thank you for joining me for Revival in My City. For those who want to see their cities transformed by the power of God, I hope this podcast will encourage, equip, and inspire as you pursue spiritual awakening in your own city. Unity in the body of Christ seems to be a key to citywide revival. This is why I'm excited to have Brian Watt on the podcast today. Brian is the co-founder and program director of One Heartbeat in Project Backyard, and he's the director of contemporary worship at First Presbyterian Church of Thomasville. Brian has a contagious passion for Jesus and for unity in the body of Christ. So I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. So I want to just jump right in. Um, what do you see as catalyst for revival and awakening in a city? That's a great question. Um, I think there can be a number of things. I mean, it, primarily, of course, it just has to be um, it has to be led by the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I'm I've been guilty of in my life um, seeing where God's moving somewhere and trying to replicate that in in my own community. And I can put all the pieces together, um, but it, it doesn't work out unless God's initiating it, you know? So I'd say that's, of course, primary. It seems like a no-brainer, um, but um, that, that's key. And then the second thing that the Lord's put on my heart really from the very beginning is that, that one of the keys to revival is unity in the body of Christ. Um, you know, Jesus lays that out beautifully for us in John 17, 20 through 23. He, he says, I, and you know, speaking to the Father, um, he says, I and them and you and me, that they, meaning us, might become perfectly one so that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as you love me. And that really is the prescription for, for revival, is unity. Um, and that spoke to my heart, uh, uh, probably I'd say, back in 2010, right when we started a, a worship, a united worship gathering called Become One. And that was really the heart is to set the stage for revival by uh, promoting unity. That's so good. And I, I really felt like you were going to go for unity. <laughs> I've heard you speak at so many different events yeah. and just your heart for unity in the city, especially in our hometown of Thomasville. I mean, I just see that. And um, so what are some things that you have found to be successful in promoting unity in a city? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's, there's, uh, there's so many ways. What is it? There's a thousand ways to skin a cat. Is that what <laughs> That's a bad expression. That's a bad yes. expression. <laughs> I, I love cats, so don't do that. Um, but I think there's many different avenues to, to unity. Um, if, if anybody knows our organization, they know that we have evolved over time. Um, our, our mission has not changed but our strategy has changed. And we, we really have done that because we've, we've sort of been testing the waters of what is effective. Um, we started off by uh, hosting these events that featured music and worship and prayer and teaching. And we saw some success with that. They were annual festivals um, that we would do. And we saw some traction um, but it was a platform. So essentially we'd bring in these artists and we'd use that platform to not only promote the gospel, but to promote unity among the body of Christ. 
The challenge with doing music and worship events is that everybody has very strong preferences uh, with the style of music uh, they, they like uh, to listen to, or even the preaching style. So it was difficult to blend all of that together because the styles are so different and so diverse. Um, but still, I mean, we found some success in that. But there was, it was interesting because in 2012, and this was a, our fifth music festival that we had done uh, through our organization, um, we hosted a, um, a, a part of the event called The Backyard, and it was geared towards local missions. And as part of that, we were not only highlighting and promoting local missions in the community, but we had a service project. And that service project brought, I think it was like 350 people from all over the community. And it was was very diverse in race, age, and church, and denomination. And we got such great feedback about that particular part of that event, uh, of the the whole uh, festival. And that led us to sort of realize kind of an awakening for us that one of the big things that helps with unity is service. So we started a program called Project Backyard, and that's a monthly service initiative that really organizes opportunities for the body of Christ to come together to serve the community. And, um, and it's been really awesome to see the, the successes of that. We've probably seen 2,500 people um, come and serve with us over the, over the years. So That's awesome. I love that you started with you know, something that you thought was a good idea. You mm-hmm. saw some fruit from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you did something and you were, like you were saying, you were sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You're like, okay, I see the Holy Spirit has really breathed on this part of this event. And so then you go to where he, where God's moving, like you, right. you shift your focus and, and go to where he's moving. Yeah. It's interesting how you say that too, because I remember hearing uh, Louis Giglio, somebody I look up to, um, he said one time, oftentimes we as Christians, we ask God to bless our stuff. And we ask God to bless our ideas instead of seeing where God's moving and then and, and coming alongside that movement. We've had to learn the hard way, in my opinion, uh, about like we can start all the stuff that we want and we can say, come God, you know, God, come bless this. But we've learned over the years, let's, let's, let's wait, let's pray, let's sense where God's leading and then when we see that, join, join in and throw kindling on that fire. Yeah, that's so good. So personally, like I see you have this passion and excitement for unity in the city of Thomasville. Mm-hmm. And like, how did you acquire that? You know, was there something, an event, or is that something that just God gradually grew in you? Like, how, how did that happen? Gosh, uh... I, I think he was planting that in me uh, long before I even realized it. I remember I was at Baylor University and I was studying church music and the professor was going around the room and asking people what do they feel like their calling is. And you couldn't say church music. Like you had to say, what is God, what is your holy discontent? You know, what is that thing that's tugging at your heart? And everybody was going around and saying their thing and and I wasn't quite sure what I was going to say when he got to me. But as everyone was saying theirs, the thing that the, the word that God kept bringing to my heart was bridge. And I said, I, I really feel God calling me to be a bridge. And at the time, I was thinking more, of, more so of unity between denominations. 
um, because I saw such division in church music where people would, they, you had one side treating the hymnal like it's the same level as the gospels. Mm -hmm. And you had the other side who believed if it was planned, it wasn't from the Holy Spirit, <laughs> you know, spontaneous worship. So you had this division uh, that I saw in style and denomination. And I really felt like, and I loved both. I really loved both. And I wanted to see a bridge between the two. Um, and so I, I think that that's sort of where it started. But little by little, as I grew in my faith in Christ, he would, he would just begin to give me little nuggets of, of his heart. What is his, you know, it's kind of like that song, um, Hosanna, it says, break my heart for what breaks yours. And he began to break my heart for the divisions that we see um, within his church, you know? And I think there, I think I, I don't know if this statistic is right or these numbers are right, but I've heard there's over 40,000 different denominations within Christianity. And that's crazy. Um, and I remember somebody told me, so the, the good part about that is like, what makes a diamond beautiful? The multiple different angles and cuts and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think it's, it's a, it can be a beautiful thing, but I do think that we have to unite on the essentials of our faith. And so God just began to break my heart for that. And that scripture I mentioned earlier, John 17, was one that he put on my heart. But the other one uh, was Ezekiel um, eleven nineteen and Ezekiel 36, 26 to 28. So there's two, two different scriptures uh, that are both out of Ezekiel that, that, in my opinion, share the heart of God for, for unity. Um, and Ezekiel eleven nineteen says, I will give them an undivided heart, or I will give them one heart and put my spirit within them. I'll remove their heart of stone. I'll give them a heart of flesh and they will be my people and I will be their God. And then in, in, um, in Ezekiel 30, uh, 37, actually, um, God gives a command to Ezekiel. He says, he says, do you see that stick that is, uh, it represents one tribe and then another stick that represents another tribe. And he says, I want you to put those sticks together and twist them in your hand and make them one. It actually says, and make them become one. He says, that is what I'm doing with my people. So all throughout scripture, you see that, that God is in the process of reuniting his people um, the, way, the way he's designed it to be. So I think for me, I was trying to figure out what is my role in his story of uniting his people. Yeah, that's so good. And the word bridge, like that's a perfect word for you. Just me seeing your life from the, from the outside of how you've, you have been that bridge even within music. You know, when, you, when you've led the local worship events, like you have a little bit of everything in there. You know, you have music that appeals to everybody, um, but also in the community, the bridge between denominations, um, between races. And I wanted to ask you about that. You know, we're, we're in South Georgia. You know, there's a history of racial issues in the yeah. South. And we've had our share here in this community. Mm -hmm. And um, you have been able to create this um, uh, cohesiveness or, or this relationship with people in all parts of our community. And I feel like people really trust you. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd love to hear, you know, just, you know, was that part of your heart from the beginning? Were you intentional about... Um, bringing uh, races together in unity? Mm. And um, what, what have you been able to do there? Yeah, again, that, that's definitely evolved for me too. Um, 
because my heart was, you know, as I mentioned earlier, originally I think it was it was uh, the divisions among denominations. Um, and then when God called me back to Thomasville, I began to see on a whole other level the division of one side of town versus the other side of town, not just socioeconomically, but racially. And it was it's disturbing. It was it was again one of those things that broke my heart. And so I began to. The events that we did, we tried to bridge not just styles of music and denominations, but bridge bridge races. Um, and I know that's God's heart as well. But for many years, I had this um, this idea of what I thought unity looked like, and I thought, you know, we could we we create these opportunities for the body of Christ to come together through music and through service and prayer. And that's going to unite our hearts and we're all going to be one. You know, I, that was, I don't know if that's, it sounds like a fairy tale almost, you know, idealistic or something. Um, but the problem was, is we would host these events and we'd get a little glimpse of unity. Um, and it was a beautiful thing. And you could sense God's heart was pleased. But then we all go from that event and go back to our homes, go back to our communities, our sides of town our churches, and so what was really being accomplished? And I remember the one of the big turning points for me was when a shooting happened in Thomasville, and there was a, a young man, an African-American gentleman, who was uh, shot by a white cop, and it was very controversial. And I remember um, I called a, a pastor friend of mine from the African-American community. I said, how can I be there, uh, what, what, what do I do during this season? And he said, show up. Yeah. That's what he said, he said, show up. So when there were rallies and when there were marches, uh, anything like that, I would just show up. And I would, I would uh, show up to meetings. And I remember we watched a documentary called The 13th. It was a Netflix mm -hmm. documentary and uh, it, it kind of walked you through the the 13th amendment freeing slaves to to now um and what the african-american community has had to go through and what they continue to go through and after all these conversations that were stemmed from this tragedy in many ways um it was it was amazing to see god uh god use it and it opened my eyes to not just talk about unity and create opportunities for unity, but to put myself in the shoes of my brothers and sisters um, on the other side of town, you know, that, that were not the same race as me. And it helped me to, um, to see things from their perspective. And, and it changed the way I, uh, I approached unity. And it also gave me a new idea of what God meant when he talks about unity. It's not just about you know, gathering together on occasion. It's about doing life together. It's about relationships. Um, so that was a big turning point for me. And I, I remember that time, that season in Thomasville after the shooting. And um, that's one of the things that, that really impressed me about your relationships um, throughout the community is mm -hmm. that um, because of my relationship with you, I was invited to these yeah. uh, planning meetings and strategy sessions and yeah. just 
it was just beautiful to see leaders across the community come together to pray yeah. and and to seek God and to seek peace in the community. Yeah. But it wasn't like the tragedy happened and then you started working on relationships. Right. Like the relationships were already there yeah. and that had to be there before the tragedy so that they knew they could trust you. Right. They knew they could bring you in and that, that you would listen and have... Um, have their heart um, too, yeah. and so that that was beautiful. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, relationship relationships are key, um, and being consistent. You know, I think there's been so so many times, um, and it's not just it's not just African American communities. Uh, it's more so it's in low income areas. They're used to people swooping in, kind of like you see international mission work. Swooping in, they do a good deed, and they pat themselves on the back, and then they leave. And 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 oftentimes relationships aren't built. You're not you're not diving in and putting yourself in in those people's shoes. And I think that was that's been a big help for me. Um, is is putting myself where they are, you know, and that and the, I'm specifically talking to low income areas. Um, but I think that's what starts bridging the gap. You know what I mean? Um, and that that's with races, different ages, socioeconomic, you have to get on the same turf. Yeah, that's really good. So, you know, as I'm, I'm a student of revival, and mm-hmm. I am so hungry to see revival happen in Thomasville and around the world. Yeah. And as I've looked at revivals, I've just seen... Um, in so many of them, there was unity in the body of Christ before the revival broke out. Mm-hmm. There, there was something about that unity that led to the Holy Spirit being free to move. Mm-hmm. And um, so when, when I um, first came to a Project Backyard event and heard you share, like, the scriptures and the story and, you know, like, this is why we're doing it, and we're going to go out, and we're going to do this in the name of Jesus. Yeah. We're going to love our community. Yeah. And um, that, I was like, this is the start of revival. Like, yeah. it got me so excited. And so, um, could you share, like, if, if some someone in another community um, wanted to get people together mm. around serving, like, like, what would you say to them? Where, where do you start? The first thing that comes to mind would be uh, beginning to to open up your eyes to the needs that exist around around you. I mean, for me, the story for me was I remember I was uh, this was right after we had done that event that I had described where we had the backyard and we had the service project, and that led to us starting uh, Project Backyard. And we were just we just started looking for needs. And I remember I talked to this lady who lived in a, a trailer park, and it's one of the probably one of the poorest areas in, in Thomasville. Um, and she was describing her experience out there. And so I went out there with her and I took a look at it and I was like, wow, uh, just blown away by the, the, the conditions. And, um, and I said, we've got to get involved. And the humbling part for me was it was on a road that I had driven I mean, I probably a thousand times. I mean, I grew up in Thomasville, and I never knew this place existed. And I was like, "What other places are there like that? Like these needs that I'm completely unaware of, yeah. 
in our in our community. So, I, I the first thing I'd say was just opening your eyes, asking God to open your eyes to the the needs around you. And the other thing I'd say would be the reality I have experienced is um, that churches have a tendency to be territorial. Organizations have a tendency to be territorial. Um, but if you're wanting to to create opportunities for the body of Christ to come together, create an organization that is uh, very diverse. So it's not you coming up with the idea. Gather a diverse group of people that have your same heart, have that same vision, and that is representative from an Anglican church to a non-denominational charismatic church um, and everything in between. And get that group together and don't uh, launch it out of one church. Um, let it be multiple churches that launch it. And that's, it's going to be more likely to be successful. And when you host these gatherings, um, maybe like the group meeting before you disperse, don't host it at a church. Host it at a neutral location. Um, and again, the reason for that, it might be, th- it might be like uh, going overboard with it, but it prevents the enemy from uh, stopping that unity to happen because he doesn't want it to happen. He knows, he's smart enough, he's been around long enough that when unity happens, there's, there's no, no limit, limit to what, what God, God can, can do. do. I mean, the, the great part about service is that I mentioned before, like we have preferences when it comes to music and styles and you know, uh, preaching styles, et cetera. But when you see a family in need or a, a child who's not getting fed or a widow that can't get out of her house, you have to build her a wheelchair ramp. Like you see those things, all those differences go out the window. Nobody cares about that. Like what people care about is helping that individual. And so it's so successful in in uniting people and giving people opportunities to unite in Christ to, you know, for the, for the good of their community. So this has been a journey for you. Like you mentioned 2010, that was 10 years ago. I'm an old man is what she's saying. (laughs) (laughs) I want to encourage people that it takes perseverance. Like God will give you this idea or you have this vision of what's going to happen. And sometimes it's instant success, but usually it takes some perseverance to press in. You learn along the way and and it keeps getting better. Yeah. um, So I had... When we first started, our organization started back in 2008, and we had our first event November 28th, if I recall, of 2008. And um, I remember I started off in a dead sprint. I mean, I was so fired up about the vision that God had shown. It was so, while while it wasn't like crystal clear about exactly where we were going to go, um, it was crystal clear that it was from him. And so that fired me up. I was like, let's, let's do it. Let's charge the hill. And I remember um, the, the niece of the guy who started One Heartbeat with me was a guy named Tommy Williams. His niece, Alston Watt, said to me one time, and, I, was, and I, I didn't understand it as the piece of wisdom that it was at the time, but it was tremendous. She said, Brian, just remember, this is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And I'm sure people have heard that before, but I was just so passionate and so fired up. I was like, okay, I hear you, but I'm going to sprint this marathon, you know, and God will give me the strength. But I, I found that, um, you know, I, 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 in some ways I've started to burn out 
probably about 2012. And what put wind back in my sales was Project Backyard. Um, so I would say just, just know that you don't have to sprint because we're not in charge of the results. I think sometimes we feel like we got to do this. We got to do it now because we're like, if we don't, we're going to miss out. You know, don't, don't, don't do that. Trust that God's in charge of the results. He's going to do it and only he can do it. And just take it one step at a time. So what would you say to someone who feels like they're the only person pursuing unity and revival in their city? How would you encourage them? Can one person make a difference? Uh, well, I mean, definitely. Um, I mean, when, when God's behind it, one person can make a difference. And I, and I would encourage people in saying this, even if you feel like you're the only one, you're not the only one. Because this is the heart of God we're talking about. And so anytime that there, there are fellow believers um, in your community, there, there's going to be other people that have the same heart for seeing revival and seeing unity in the community. So I'd say just uh, you know, continue to be uh, consistent and persistent and, and praying for God to, to reveal those people that have that like mind and like heart. Maybe starting small might be helpful. You know, maybe it's just putting a message out on your Facebook or some kind of social media platform. Hey, I'm getting a group together to just pray. You know, who I, and, and, the, and the point of it is to pray for revival, to pray for unity. So maybe it's just starting one or two people, just getting together and seeing what God's going to do. Yeah, that's great. That's, a, that's great advice. Uh, what are you seeing now that is encouraging to you? Like you've been in this for a few years now, you know, like, uh, are you ready for the next few years? Or you know, like, like, what encourages you to keep going? You know, 2019 was a really, really tough year for me. Um, my dad uh, had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, but we had to put him in a nursing home at the beginning of 2019. And, and I had dealt with grief before with grandparents and mentors and things like that. But this in particular just uh, really wrecked me. Um, and I, I, I really sensed that God was saying that he wasn't going to let me dismiss grief with, you know, these truths, these promises that are, tr- I mean, they're true of like, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's you know, God's got him. He's going to go to a better place and all these things. But he, he just really let me grieve and, and I think through that, um, it, was, it was good for me because it drew my heart closer to him. So, so that was literally my entire year of 2019. And then coming into 2020, I, I felt um, his wind back in my sails in many ways. And I was ready to go again. And then boom, the whole pandemic, right? <laughs> whole world just changed instantly. But the amazing part about that, it, it, it was an opportunity, despite the fact that we're separate, it was an opportunity um, f- to see unity on a whole nother level. I think, I think we've watched it locally, I mean, definitely nationally and, and worldwide, but just on a local level, we've watched the community come together in so many ways to support our own you know, uh, churches being supported, local businesses being supported, people in need being supported. So I mean, these beautiful acts of generosity and, and ways that the community has come together. Um, so that's been super encouraging. Um, and I'm hoping that when 
things go back to whatever kind of new normal it is, that that God uses um, what He's what He's done in our hearts, hearts of each individual, to unite His people even more. Um, because it's it's just easy when you're in business as usual to um, to be in your own routine in your own little world, and you don't your eyes aren't open to those around you. But it oftentimes takes crisis, some kind of crisis, or to open your eyes to those around you. And that was a a big thing, not only for me in 2019 with my dad, just God weeding some of those things out of me that needed to come out of me so that I could be more effective in what I do. But then I think that on a a larger scale, the same thing's happening with this crisis with with COVID-19. I would encourage anybody who's listening that, um, and this seems like a no-brainer, but there's a reason why when you fly and they are they're they're doing that uh, the demonstration that if something happens and a mask falls from the ceiling, secure yours before you secure your neighbors. I would just encourage uh, people to stay connected to the vine. Yeah. Um, that was one of the things that that um, that I strive. I'd say I struggled with over the years, and I oftentimes replaced my relationship with God with good deeds and with doing things for him. And you can't do that. You're going to burn out. You know, you have to stay connected to the vine because again, the results aren't up to you. It's, it's up to God and he doesn't need you to do anything, but he invites you to be a part of what he's doing. Yeah. That's so good. And, um, I'm excited about what God's doing here in Thomasville and part of my excitement is what God's done through Project Backyard and One Heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And um, we we just finished the National Day of Prayer um, as we're recording this. <laughs> and, you know, it's during the <laughs> pandemic shutdown and yeah. it was online. But, you know, we already had thousands of views and it's just um, so powerful just how God's yeah. Spirit moves. Um, but I... I see that you have a love for Thomasville, mm. for this city, like and, and a love and a calling for this city. Mm. Now, now, I've heard a little bit about your how you figured out um, that God was calling you to promote unity. Like, like when did God stir your heart for the city? Like, did you know this growing up, or you left and then He called you back, or how did that work? Gosh, that's a that's an interesting question. <laughs> Um, I was the typical, you know, high school teenager and could not wait to get out of this town. Yeah. I was so ready. I mean, I just <laughs> didn't appreciate anything about, I mean, I just, was, it was in a good town. I liked growing up here, but I was ready to get out. And, um, I moved out to Texas for five years and, uh, then I moved up to uh, Nashville, Tennessee after that for about four years. And, um, but I tell you what shifted for me. So being far away, obviously I'd long for home and I began, it's like, uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder kind of thing. It's, I, um, began to see some qualities about Thomasville and appreciate some qualities about Thomasville, um, that I really loved and treasured. So that was one part of it, but more so when I moved back, uh, after I finished at Baylor, this was 2000, August of 2008, I, um, I guess God began to, well, I'll just say this. I was teaching a Bible study 
at First Presbyterian Church. Now, this Bible study was sixth grade through seniors at 7 a.m. in the morning on a Friday. I was like, this is like the worst case scenario. Like, this is awful. <laughs> I mean, how do you teach that age range at that time in the morning before school? So, so we were walking through Romans and uh, what, it, what it stirred up with them was a conversation about what it actually meant to be a follower of Jesus. And, um, and God began to burden my heart for those students. And then soon after that is when God literally gave me a vision for um, a field of people, a crowd of people, hearing that good news of the gospel but also it being a, a, an opportunity for unity to happen. So it was this picture of unity as a picture of revival, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that gave me, I guess, a, a new love for this, um, for this community because God was saying it was set apart. You know, I've heard a number of things prophesied over this area. that It's a, it's a city of refuge. It's a city on a hill. And everybody's biased to like their own town, you know? Yeah. Um, but I would say, you know, for Thomasville, I think nobody would see it coming. You know, it's, it's like God always uses the unlikely places and the unlikely people to change the world, yeah. you know? And I was, I was, I will say this, I was always thinking about the big picture of like, all right, we're going to change the world. Yeah, yeah. And that's awesome. That sounds really fun, but... You know, it's like uh, one of my mentors, like, yeah, but you gotta, you know, start by going and make your bed. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, like, you know, you know like yeah, you, you gotta, gotta start, start small and, and start, start in your, your community, community and and let God do His thing. Um, but that's, I guess, that's what started the the love for this community on a whole nother level. Yeah, that's so good. And as I hear other people speak about revival mm-hmm. and what God's done in my own heart, like the love for your city is so powerful. I mean, that's how God moves. Mm-hmm. Like He will give you a love for where you are that just seems crazy. I was the same. I grew up in Thomasville and was ready to get out and, you know, make my way in the world. Yeah. And then I was kind of dragged back by my husband. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then once I got here, I'm like, it's not so bad. And yeah. then, you know, God just gradually just like stirs your heart for what his heart is. Yeah. And so now I can't imagine being anywhere else. Uh, you know, I'm so excited and looking forward to see what God's going to do, how He's going to bring revival That's in right. in my hometown. That's and right. So it, it's that. just awesome. So, if people wanted to find out more about One Heartbeat mm-hmm. and what you're doing there, um, how can they do that? Yeah. So uh, there's a couple ways we have um, we have a, a website you can visit or a Facebook page. So it's um, it's uh, oneheartbeatinc.org is our one of our websites, and that's sort of the overview. Our organization has uh, multiple different programs that we do, uh, but that's sort of the hub, if you will. And um, and then the other the other two websites I would encourage people to check out would be projectbackyard.com, which is our service initiative. Um, again, we do monthly service projects uh, that help people in in the Thomasville community. Um, and then the third one is uh, a, a newer program. It's um, 
It's a worship gathering that we do right now on a bi-monthly basis, but normally it's a monthly worship gathering called Red Hills, Red Hills Worship. And it's based off of um, uh, the vision from Martin Luther King. He says, I have a dream that in the Red Hills of Georgia, sons of former slaves and sons of former slave owners would, uh, would gather together at the table of brotherhood. And so it's this vision, this picture of unity, and it's really to fulfill the destiny, the prophetic destiny of, um, of Martin Luther King's words. So um, that you can, you can find out more information about that at redhillsworship.com. That's great. So um, wrapping things up, um, would you be willing to pray for the listeners and Absolutely. for God's move in them and in their cities? Absolutely. Okay. Let's great. do it. Father, we thank you. God, first, we just say thank you for who you are. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that, um, thank you for your patience with us as we um, are growing and learning and we stumble, Father, yet you're there to pick us back up. And thank you that your grace is sufficient. Um, And for anyone listening out there that um, needs encouragement, needs hope, especially during this difficult season, Father, I just pray that you would show up and that they would feel your love and your presence, that, they, that you would show them how you see them, just that their identity is in you as a son or as a daughter, Father. And, and that would, that's where the start is. That's where revival starts, is in our own hearts. So God, that's what we pray for, for every individual listening, uh, for us, Cynthia and myself, God, change our hearts so that we can then uh, be a part of the change that you're doing in our community, in our communities, our nation, our world. Um, Father, and we just pray right now specifically for for Thomasville. Uh, We just thank you for how you're moving in this community. Thank you for um, the the steps towards a united body of Christ that we've already seen steps towards uh, revival, how you're um, moving so clearly in churches and in organizations. And it's all part of this grand plan to bring about uh, revival, to bring about uh, lives change for the gospel. So God, we thank you and we, we uh, ask for more. We want to see more of that in this community. We want your will to be done. Show us as individuals, show us as churches, as organizations, as businesses, what our role is in that story, your story of what's happening in this community. And for all those who are from different communities listening to this, God, I pray that same prayer for, for, their, uh, for their city. God, show each one of them what their role is um, in, in bringing about uh, unity and revival in their community. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Brian. Oh, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me, Cynthia. Thanks for listening to Revival in My City. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, review, or email me at Cynthia at RevivalInMyCity.com. I hope you will join me in praying. Lord, May your kingdom come, may your will be done in my city as it is in heaven.